What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and I'm happy to be joined here today with Jeremy Tarkin. Now, Jeremy is a youth Idaho soccer coach whose team came under some racial hate, uh, and, and he brought this attention to social media where it, it gained attention from the likes of Kobe Bryant, Landon Donovan, and Hope Solo. So I'm really happy to be able to share his story today. Jeremy, thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jonathan. All right, so let's get right into it and start from the beginning. So growing up, were you always a, a big a big soccer fan? And was it your main sport or did you play other sports? Yeah, yeah. You know, growing up, I loved soccer. It actually was not my main sport, though. My main sport was uh, was baseball. But I uh, always had a passion for soccer. It's kind of the, the community that I grew up in. It was hard not to not to play and and was able to make a career out of it now. Mm-hmm. So then you, you also played soccer in college, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, played four years in, in SoCal and got an opportunity to play a couple games PDL. It was awesome. I, I keep in the bench warm for the for the guys that were real good. So, <laughs> And so then after um, after your, your collegiate soccer career, you joined uh, the military. And then you actually yeah. got a chance to play um, soccer there as well. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, of course. I actually, you know, before I even joining the military, when I was fresh out of college, I actually moved to China, and I lived in a, in a city named Qingdao, which is part of the Shandong Providence, and I was able to coach soccer there at uh, at Baishan School. And then oh, okay. after that, decided I, I wanted to come home, join the military, join the military, and, um, you know, got to play in one day, actually, in AIT, uh, and... Uh, my instructor saw me and, and happened to know some people and made some calls. Anyways, long story short, I, I was able to, to coach and play, you know, with uh, with the Fort Sill team and represent the military against against teams out of Germany and, and all over the place. It was a it was an awesome experience when, when I was playing. And so you you got into coaching. Um, we were talking about this before. Do you mind telling us kind of yeah. what what moved you into getting into coaching? Well, I think there was a lot of things that moved me into coaching. Actually, my first coaching position uh, I ever had was, golly, I think I was a sophomore. I was a junior in college. Uh, and then I was able to do some assistant coaching with with Rob Rodriguez down at Don Lugo High School in SoCal. But, you know, I think initially what got me into coaching uh, at a young age was just the competitive side of me. And, I mean, anybody that's, that coaches – and is in their 30s they're they're not not quite willing to get rid of the game naturally because we're competitive you know Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. you know so i think growing up naturally it it was man i know i'm not good enough to play professionally um but i love the game it's had a significant impact on my life and and i can certainly go into that for you but um you know i wanted to uh to, to coach for those reasons as i've gotten older obviously i've i really went back to the roots of what drew me into the game itself um and my my views certainly change just about every day um a lot of people say i'm getting soft but for soccer for me soccer introduced me to a culture that otherwise i probably would have I've never never been embraced in and that was you know moving from from fresno to madeira you know, most of my buddies and a majority of the town was was Hispanic and growing up in that culture and, and seeing what soccer was able to do for so many of my friends. Um, and the fact that soccer was able to 
to allow me to be part of a group that probably wouldn't have accepted me being a, a white boy with, with red hair. And, you know, um, uh, it, it, it was amazing what the game itself created, what it brought together, um, the opportunities that it gave to to me and, and, and my friends and even their families, some that went on to play professionally. And, uh, you know, to see the families who put so much hard work and not money, I'm not saying money, I'm saying hard work mm-hmm. into their development and to see that pay off and to see the parents rewarded for that was, it's amazing. So, you know, as a coach now, you know, the reason why I coach is I want to be able to present those same opportunities that were presented to me, you know, for my coaches, Jim Bonprezi and Bobby Gunteris, um, you know, because without soccer, I'm, I, I'm a little bit of an arrogant jerk sometimes. I would, I'd probably be in a lot more trouble than what, what I've been in. <laughs> and so you have, you have kids as well, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I have a uh, 11-year-old. His name is Landon, and I have a three-year-old. His name is is Donovan. So I have a Landon and a Donovan. Oh, okay. All right. I'm, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> and so uh, you you got involved coaching um, his team. Well, you actually you started a team. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's how the juniors kind of came 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 about here in Idaho. Um, was fresh out of the military and. Uh, my son was terrible. I'll be <laughs> honest. I mean, I like terrible. The ball was wrong when I was in the military. You know, I was so wound up, so high strung that I would freak out at his games because you know the ball would roll by him and he'd be picking a flower for his mom. I was like, "This mm-hmm. is your son. This is totally your <laughs> side, not my side." But oh. um, you know, so we came here to Idaho, and you know, he was absolutely terrible. And Lucy you know, made me go out to a game one day because I, I would just get so frustrated. I was one of those dads. It's mm. embarrassing to admit, but I was. One day I went out there, put down my lawn chair, and I look up, and the kid scores like nine goals. All of a sudden, it was like he was Ronaldo. So now I'm like, that's my side of the family right there, you know, <laughs> my wife. And uh, he was good. The problem with my son is that he's so small. He's 11 years old, and he's he's 50 pounds. Um. And I saw something, though, you know, at a young age, despite how small he was, I saw something super special in him. Mm-hmm. My concern was that we were going to go to a club, we were going to pay all this money, me being in, as involved in soccer as I had been in, on the competitive side in California. And I knew because he just lacked physical characteristics, he was going to be overlooked and be put on the third or fourth team, and we were going to be spending the same amount of money, and then I was going to be irritated by it. So mm-hmm. I just said, hey, you want to know what? I'll just make my own team. <laughs> and so I did. And the team turned out to be very special when it was together. And uh, and a lot of awesome memories. And that team ultimately is what, you know, opened the doors to some of our younger teams. Um, we had a lot of families that came in and just said, hey, you know, we want for our kids the same thing that you gave to your kid. Uh, initially, it was heck no. I'm not going to deal. This is a one team thing. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously now it's, it's growing tremendously. Uh, a good friend of mine came to me, Frank, and just said, Hey, you know, let me do this, but let me do it under you and you help me. But I promise I won't take a lot of your time and can't say this. That's totally honest, but that's because <laughs> I love watching him playing, not because he demands it because his, he has done a phenomenal job. And the, the original junior certainly put us on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, and brought us that recognition, that team that I created. But this 2010 group that we have that really expanded the juniors and is what made juniors the juniors has has really put us on the regional level. Um, 
they're doing some amazing stuff at being eight, nine years old. So yeah, we grew it out and, and here we are, you know, Idaho juniors and, and, uh, we were loved by some and hated by many I've learned. Yeah. And so, uh, as we were talking earlier, you said right away that the team really started to be successful. Um, yes. you know, and you just mentioned here loved by some, uh, you know, hated by some as well, because you guys weren't really taking it easy. So what was your, what was your mindset when you went into coaching these sorts of games? Well, we wanted to, we wanted to, we wanted to beat the teeth out of teams. I'll be honest. We, 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 we did. And we wanted to make a statement with the style of soccer. We wanted to show that you don't have to spend thousands of dollars to have quality coaching. Um, I'll be honest with you. You know, it was partially my ignorance at the time too, because what I have learned and, and when I watch the bigger clubs in this state and kudos to them and, and, you know, with the Timbers, Thorns and Rush and, um, you know, the one roadblock that I continued to run to run into was unfortunately because we were one team, the same opportunities weren't being presented to our boys as the larger clubs. Mm -hmm. But the point that I wanted to make, and I think, and I hope that, that it did was, hey, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars. You don't have to be the biggest, the fastest, and the strongest kid to to um, be successful. But, yeah, we came right in, and we were very successful. And I don't think it was because we were so much better than any other teams, okay? And the best team, you know, in that age group it, in, in the state is the 07 Timbers. They're, they're a phenomenal team. But these boys are special you know this junior mm -hmm. team we had and everybody loved what we had we spoke six different languages seven different languages something wow. crazy like that mm -hmm. um we were different races you know different di di different different colors out i mean you had a couple white boys you know we had some kids from africa some kids from south america you had three coaches that spoke three different languages wow um you, it was a very very diverse team that was extremely um tightly knit with one another and and i think that that in many ways was not not to the clubs but i think more so to us parents is, was very threatening because listen at the end of the day if i'm going to spend this amount of money and then i go out and i'm getting beat up on a team by a team that is a mixture in ages you know, you got 10 different languages going at once mm -hmm. and they're wearing a white T-shirt with a three dollar stick on, you know, number <laughs> Um, how do you justify losing 13 zero to a team like that? 14 0, 15 0. And so we wanted to send a statement and we wanted to we wanted people to know, hey, listen, we're not big. We're not powerful, but we're we're real. Yeah. And I you found success in other states and we just really took off. Yeah, and so you guys were also, you know, not only playing here in Idaho, but also traveling to oh, yeah. uh, other yeah, cups in, in California. Is that correct? Other, did you travel to other places as well? No, oh, yeah. We've been to California, Washington, or Utah. We've been USA Cup in Minnesota, the biggest international tournament in the Western Hemisphere. We were semifinalists in the gold division, wow. um, the very top division for a little team out of Idaho that mm. at the time had a club of less than 75 kids to go to the biggest international tournament in the Western hemisphere Man. and make the semifinals speaks, I think um, very highly of this group, especially when you consider that seven of those kids were playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you also mentioned that there were a lot of ethnicities on the team. Uh, did that oh, come, yeah. did that come up by 
people that wanted to join the team or was there a conscious effort to, you know, bring in lots of other cultures onto the team? Mm. You know, I, I, I don't think I, I initially was was going, I'm going to choose him because of this or because he's from here or anything of the sort. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't think that's the case. I think the reality is, is that is that how it went down was soccer naturally is a sport that's very diverse. OK, mm-hmm. and let's be honest, if you're white, OK, and I'd have to look at the stats, but I think our you know, the average income to play soccer in the United States, something like that is like over 70 something thousand dollars. OK, mm-hmm. let's be honest, most most families, OK, um, that that love soccer. All right. You're going to see that diversity there. You're going to see that South American Hispanic that that we got a lot of refugees here in Boise, a lot of families from from Africa, somewhere in Africa, um, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Most of the white families in this community don't have a difficult time paying those extremely high club fees, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of these families um, whom are not white are looking at this and saying, hey, we can't afford twelve hundred dollars. We can't afford this. And because I wasn't asking for that amount of money, and, and it's not that twelve hundred dollars is is just a loose number. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying they did, anybody does, but I I think now that I come in and I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this. This is going to be one team, minimum fees, pay for whatever you have to pay for at the time. You know, I'm doing that. That was like, hey, we can do this. This is something we can do. And so naturally, a lot of the families that initially came to the juniors were families that would be seen as lower income families not all but mm-hmm. a majority and even still right now most of our families would be considered lower income families um so I, I think it just had to do with just kind of the situation you know there was a lot of family lower income families that couldn't afford to put their kids in competitive organizations they heard about the juniors they reached down or i saw them playing i said hey would they be interested you know, um, coming out and none of them had experience. Most of them were just kids, you know, were playing on the street or in the playground that I was able to get my hands on or, and, uh, we put together this team and I think it just blossomed into this kind of international team. That's, that was our reputation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so coupled with that, um, you know, and also your extreme amounts of success, you guys started to face some, some issues on the field um, in regards to those players of, of different ethnicities. Um, can you yeah. kind of walk us through uh, what made that come about? And then, um, you know, what, what you, what you face yeah, as a team? I, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, we can only assume that kind of what created was just a little bit of success. And let's be honest, you know, on um, probably an upset individual, um, there was a situation that had actually happened the night before I got the letter um you know where there was some very upset people um we have played against another team and there was some very upset uh people from the other team um who made it very known you know that they were upset mm-hmm. uh but it, it's everything is just kind of you can only assume you know and so at the end of the day yeah you know we found a lot of success um i think that obviously upset some people for the very reasons I spoke about earlier. Hey, we're spending all this money. We shouldn't be losing to these kids. Um, you know, and then I got a, got a, got a letter left on the windshield of my Jeep outside of my house. Um, you know, some time ago, a year and a half ago or so 
And uh, I had initially thought that it was actually going to be like a donation or something mm -hmm. because of how many families, you know, in our program are lower income. That's happened before where I've walked down, there was an envelope with a check or something um, written out to the juniors. So, you know, I grabbed it, brought it in. My wife was there, I was joking with her. I was like, hey, I got a letter from, from my other girlfriend. You know, we got a good kick out of it. Opened it up, you know, and it was kind of thick. And opened it up and, you know, it was just this poorly written racial letter that, uh, you know, talked about, talked about, uh, I don't even remember, me having to leave and, you know, had some racial slurs in there. It, it was pretty pathetic. Um, it, it was, it was the letter. I mean, I don't know. I guess initially there was a little bit of fair, Jonathan, because you're like, man, they know where I live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then you look at it and you go, this is an idiot. Like this is an idiot. So then it kind of turned into anger. Um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, everything went kaboom from there, but that's kind of, it's kind of how it came about. But I mean, I've had a knife stuck in my door, um, which I wasn't even here. When it happened, my wife had to call me wow. and let me know that she she walked outside and there was a knife, not in the door, but in the wall next to the door. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've gotten emails. I've I've gotten a lot more comments in the community more than I have anything else. With that said, 99% of the comments have been supportive. So um, it certainly is not a reflection of our community in its entirety, a very, very small population and an ignorant group mm -hmm. that uh, didn't like us because we talked different or our skin color was different or whatever. Yeah, and then um, you mentioned before that some of these parents were were saying some things to the kids during the games. Um, oh, and, yeah. And these we, are, and these oh, are, God, these yeah. are 9, 10, 11-year-old kids. Of what, yeah, what sort of things? Time they were, at the time, they were 8, 9, maybe yeah. 10. Um, we've heard... Everybody watch your wallets. Here comes the future convicts. We were quit playing like a stupid, you know, inward, uh, you know, uh, racial slurs towards Hispanics. I mean, you name it, it's happened. Um, you know, I, I was laughing with with my buddy the other day, uh, who's got a lot of influence in California, and uh, one of my best buddies and. We, we we don't name drop I don't name drop him but we were having a conversation he asked me in our last conversation he was like hey dude you know things been better with the racial stuff and I laughed and I said man they've been so much better now we just hear stuff like you guys are ridiculous learn to play soccer and or you know on um, in the league game the other day you know we we were getting beat up on we couldn't catch a break I mean listen what do you expect it's a it's a parent voluntary he missed two, three offside goals. I'm not going to yell at the parent volunteer, mm -hmm. but I got to be honest, there's been this year of buildup of just frustration with the lack of support. And so I'm listening to this parent on this other side, just screaming at this kid and this kid is giving him every call and I'm trying not to get frustrated because he's just a kid. So I finally just say, Hey, can you quit yelling at the ref, please? And, and their, their coach didn't even wink an eye during the whole game. And the guy stands up and screams at me, shut up. And wow. I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, and it's I just looked and I said, you know, we, we don't hear the racial slur, but we're certainly still getting the crap. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're still getting the crap. It's just, it's just being done in a different way, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, that's okay. You know, I got to learn how to, how to handle myself better when I hear that crap. 
but at least at least we don't have the racial stuff being said to the boys and that is a step in the right direction mm-hmm. yeah definitely and and going back to the the letter you received so obviously you know you said there was a a mix of of fear and anger and and all that sort of thing what was your what was your next steps after you got that letter um you know <laughs> so the next step was actually we we decided to kind of go to the people whom um is is kind of the governing agency of the state um you know they essentially said there wasn't a lot that they can do and uh you know we had already um i had already uh reported it to um to the police to the local police department mm-hmm. um you know they did what they did and then obviously called one of my closest buddies who, who's a lawyer and just said hey man how do i handle this like you know this is this is a little bit scary, you know, because mm-hmm. um, my family's here. And so kind of went through the things. And then after sitting down with, with my other coaches um, at the time, uh, you know, I asked, you know, how, how do we handle this? We're not going to get support. We're not going to get support. You know, um, there's not a lot that they can do to help us because we don't know who it is. And, you know, this, this, and that. And so obviously now the the rumors are going around you know he wrote it himself or oh it was somebody within his program or you know it was probably just a prank i i i heard it all we just took it with a grain of salt and at that point we just said you know we're gonna put it on social media and we're gonna force we're gonna force force a response mm-hmm. because it's getting old and uh that's what we did we we took social media we figured it would just be a very small local response of this isn't okay and it would force a couple you know complaints which would maybe lead to a letter being sent out mm-hmm. you know just saying this is what transpired and and you know we need to send out a letter to a club just saying hey you know like we need to look after one another we all are diverse and that's basically what we wanted and and so we, we, we didn't get that. So we, we put it out on social media and my goodness, I never expected to happen. What happened? It just took off. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you got a lot of, of, of support from some pretty, some pretty famous athletes. I mean, you know, Hope Solo, Landon Donovan, Kobe Bryant. What, yeah. what was, what was that like, you know, not only seeing it blow up, but seeing some some pretty substantial soccer stars, you know, giving their support for, for what you guys have been facing. Well, to see, to see those, those, those guys and, you know, and I mean, there were so many different people. I can't even begin to tell you who, um, I just know there was a lot of, of support, um, in a community, the, 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 a community that's influential that can actually make a difference. They gave so much support to the boys, um, you know, it wasn't about the juniors and it, it, it certainly wasn't about me. Um, they, they did it perfect. They gave support to the families and to the boys and they, you know, obviously supported the club, but the club is, is the boys. It was overwhelming. It was insane. You know, um, it was shocking. You know, we were doing interviews with, you know, um, news stations out of South America, you know, getting, you know, messages and calls from Swansea city and, you know, and reporters out of, you know, Australia and Germany calling for me to be, for me to be coach of the year. I was like, that's ridiculous, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) I'm far from coach of the year, but, um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was overwhelming, but it was awesome 
because I think the message that's being sent is that we as a community are moving past this. Uh, so, so now you, you no longer coach, but you are still involved with the team. Uh, can you talk about a little bit more of your role and maybe the future of, of the juniors team? Yeah, well, I still, I, I, I still do coach. Um, oh, I just coach okay. at the youth, youth level only now. Um, okay which I which I love so much more I coach my my son's team um mm. would love to find a awesome head coach for that team it is terrible coaching your own son <laughs> at least my son um but I coach that and I'm coaching a uh, a team for the Indy Chicas it's an all-girls competitive organization here in the uh Eagle Meridian area and um you know, our, our clubs are close to one another, separate, but, but close to one another. Our friendships are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm coaching, um, but my role ultimately with my program now is as president. Mm-hmm. Um, president of the club. I have an amazing uh, director, Sean Watts. Uh, he's my technical, technical director and director of coaching. So he gets to do all that fun stuff now. I just get to say yes, no, and write the checks with what <laughs> little money we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've been enjoying that a ton. And so, um, oh, as far as the juniors oh. go, no, we're 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 growing. You know, we're at I think a hundred kids right now. Awesome. Um, cool. They just had it. We just did phenomenal in the directors' cup. Obviously, we have all younger age groups. Our oldest is an 08. so they're all doing phenomenal. We're stoked. Um, growing tryouts here in like a week and a half. So we'll see how that goes. That that's awesome. And so. Yeah. So, what what do you think is your is your vision for the the club? Like, where where do you want to take it as a as a a, a group? Yeah. Um. Boy, that, there's so many ways of answering that. There's so many, so many answers to that. I think ultimately, I think my vision with the juniors is just to have this insane culture. You know, a culture in the community that when you see somebody who's wearing something juniors, you know they're special. And I'm not talking necessarily on the soccer. I'm talking about what the juniors do in the community, uh, the impact that we have in kids' lives. You know, that's 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 the reputation I, I, I ultimately hope we have. Um, but also as a group of people that put their foot down when they need to put their foot down. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a group of people that are vocal and advocates in the community for, for those whose voices, you know, aren't always heard. Um, I think that's what I want out of the juniors. I love the fact that we have awesome soccer players and I love the fact that we have awesome teams, but I think that that's second to being a good human being. And, and that's what I'm hoping the juniors produce down the road are good human beings. Definitely. Well, I wish you the best of luck uh, with the organization and, you know, with with coaching. Uh, I think that's that's all all we're going to have time for here. Jeremy, thank you so much for being on and and sharing your story with us. Thanks for having me on, Jonathan. Of course. And guys, you can check out episodes of the podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast or on our website, www.notgonnalipod.com. Thanks for listening.